and welcome to the Face Seeking Understanding podcast. I'm Roland, this is Matt, and we're busy going through Proverbs as part of the broader series on wisdom in the Old Testament. So, so far, we've been looking at Proverbs 1 to 9. Um, we looked at fear of the Lord um, and how that plays a role with wisdom in Proverbs 1 to 9. We said the fear of the Lord is the first fruits of wisdom. It's actually a really good way of thinking about it. Then we thought about, I don't actually remember what we thought about next. But after that, we thought about <laughs> the evil people. No, wait, I have. We thought about the characters in Proverbs 1 to 9. Is it, have we only done two episodes in 1 to 9? Yes. But we did preface the. Before we jumped into Proverbs itself, we also spent some time thinking about the fear of the Lord just as a. Oh, right. As yeah. a concept. That, that's so why I'm getting. That also took an extra episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So in so we looked at two characters last in the last episode. The one was the the bandits or the evil men. So we actually realized maybe not bandits. They're they're framed as bandits, but they're probably more like extortionists or or things like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the second one was not the adulteress, um, despite where modern translations kind of go with that. Uh, a better tr- a better way of thinking about them is the foreign woman and right. and all the connotations that brings about. Yeah. And if you think we're being xenophobic, we're not. Um, Go watch that episode. You'll see that that's not at all what we're <laughs> what we're advocating. The specific concerns that are being addressed. There, yeah, no? not to do with foreignness per se. Yeah, but to do with worship, actually. Hundred percent. So we're still in one to nine in this episode. This is our last episode in Proverbs one to nine. Right. And we're looking at the last two one and a half characters. Two characters. Yeah. So right in the beginning of um our Proverbs, we're introduced to um this other really sort of enigmatic difficult to pin down sort of character who comes comes forward quite strongly to say boy pay attention um and that's the character of woman wisdom woman wisdom okay right so just the way that um proverb her speech opens in proverbs one um again it's quite explosive um out in the open wisdom cr- uh, cries aloud she raises her voice in the public square on the top of the wall she cries out the city gate she makes her speech how long will, will you who are simple love your simple ways? And how long will you mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts on you. Uh, I will make known to you my teachings. And so she goes like with this very forceful. Okay. So, pay attention. So in chapter one, this is just after the, okay, you've got the introduction. Then you've got the parents saying, listen to my instruction. Right. And then w- this wisdom is just talking and it's a she. So we call it woman wisdom, lady yeah. wisdom. I mean, just just a point on that. Um, part of that has to do with the fact that Hebrew is one of those languages where um, the words are gendered. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- uh, wisdom is, um, although in English we, th- I guess, think of it as neutral, w- yeah. wisdom doesn't have a gender. In, in, in Hebrew, it's a feminine word. Uh, okay. Not that that has any significance for a lot of the time. Yeah. But in Proverbs 1 to 9... Actually, it seems to be playing off of that. Mm. Um, and in the ways that she actually seems to be portrayed, that that maybe is used to some effect to actually make a character out of this person. Okay. Out of this, um, yeah. That's the deal. Okay. And is how is Lady Wisdom related to the... This might be a random question, but like how is she related to the the... The, the wife at the end in chapter 31 or something. Mm, Are they yeah. the same person or not? It depends who you ask. Okay. Um, and to be honest, at this stage, I'm suspending judgment on that. Okay. I think there have been some people who, who've very strongly come across to say wisdom, um, sorry, the, the, the woman of 
the valiant woman or the woman of noble character or, or wife of noble character, however you want to um, un- understand that, um, is basically a recapitulation of wisdom that it's this woman that's portrayed in all this um, wonderful splendor that in some way seems to call to mind the, the elaborate portrayal of wisdom in, in the first part of the book. Um, and so I guess sort of acts as a reprise and caps off the book with wisdom getting one last um, uh, appraisal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my only reservation with that, it's not, it's not, that's not the only opinion that's out there, but my only reservation with that is it isn't super obvious to me that, um, just in the language that's used, that we're supposed to connect these, um, characters up quite as strongly as that. It is quite, particularly once, um, once the whole book of Proverbs had been brought together with all the collections kind of standing next to each other and in the order that it's in, I think it is very difficult to have been introduced so so forcefully to woman wisdom in the beginning of the book and then get to the end and not at least have her there in the back of your mind. Right, yeah. Particularly when things like the fear of the Lord come up right at the end, right, second last verse of the book or something, um, where the fear of the Lord um, makes another appearance to sort of create a, a yep. bit of a, a frame around the whole thing. So, with, I mean, with the way that um, it seems to come full circle in some other ways, it's very difficult to avoid woman wisdom at least being in the back of your mind. But but it could just be like a leitmotif or something. It doesn't have to be a, a full-on like reference back to that you know, image. Okay. I just don't see it being explicit enough that this is wisdom again. Okay. Cool. Okay. Good I to could be persuaded otherwise at a later stage, but at this stage, that's that's your research is just ahead of the episode. So yes. we'll, we'll by the time we get to the end of the book, we'll we'll know. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. This is a big topic. So yeah. Okay. Actually, in both, um, woman wisdom is there, there are entire books written about this character in Proverbs one to nine, and there are entire books written about the valiant woman in Proverbs oh. thirty one. Wow. Okay. And then there are entire books written about these characters together. So, <laughs> I mean, one off the top of my head is um, Wisdom as a Woman of Substance um, by Christine Yoder, who, that that's one of her arguments, that there is a strong connection between these two characters on either side of the book, and that we should be linking them in some ways, but I don't know. Okay, cool. So, okay, so sticking then to chapters one to nine, uh, Lady Wisdom, does she come up repeatedly like the other characters, or is she just here in the beginning? Yeah, so what what I find quite interesting is that You've got, at the beginning of chapters one to nine, you've got the introduction that sort of gets us kicked off. Um, and then you've got the parents have a speech, wisdom has a speech. And then you've got all the the, the um, instructions that make up chapters one to nine. And then right at the end, the parents have got a long speech. And then wisdom's got a long speech. Oh, uh-huh, okay. And then an outro in, in chapter nine that actually has a lot of connection points between, have a lot of connection points with one verse one to seven. Um, a lot of similar things are addressed and talks about um, the simple and um, the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom. So we're supposed to connect chapter one, the beginning of chapter one and chapter nine. Um, so maybe what's going on here is that you've got um, you've got the intro in one verse one to seven. You've got um, the parents. Um, in one verse eight to nineteen, you've got wisdom. In one twenty to thirty-three, is that right? Yep, thirty-three. You've got the block of teaching in the middle that makes up the the bulk of the book, where 
um, the characters are addressed, there are various injunctions to pay attention to wisdom. This sort of makes up the bulk of and really giving substance to the teaching that Proverbs 1 to 9 is wanting to, to give us. Mm-hmm. Then again, you've got the parents talking about um, the foreign woman in chapter 7, verse 1 to, I want to say 27. Are there 27 verses in chapter 7? <laughs> give me a second, I will let you know. Yes, 27 verses. And then wisdom again in 8 verse 1 to... 36. 36. I was going to say 35, but that doesn't make any sense because I've got that verse 35 tattooed onto my arm. <laughs> and I know it's not the last verse in the chapter. <laughs> and then an outro. In, um, I'm just going to say chapter 9. I think it's 18 okay. verses, but whatever. Um, so we've got... Um, so for those watching on YouTube, this diagram is not to scale. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But 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 it is it is quite cool that we've got um that we've got that um on either side mm. um and then that same pattern going on over there mm. um creating a sort of concentric structure at the end. Okay. Um, so there you go. Um, those are the main places that that woman wisdom comes up. That's when she's actually given airtime. She gets to speak for herself in um. In the middle of it here somewhere in chapter three, um, woman wisdom is actually spoken about. She's alluded to a bunch of times, actually. Um, there are a bunch of places all through the the collection where um, the parents seem to talk about wisdom as if she was a person. Yeah. But actually, it's not entirely clear whether we're talking about an attribute, whether we're talking about woman wisdom. It sort of is a little bit fast and loose. That's where that genderedness comes in, I guess, because hey? we would say, like, search after wisdom, it will help you. Right. right, but then yeah. they would say she will help you because wisdom itself is a is gendered, um, yeah, feminine. Okay, yeah, which in Hebrew is very natural. Yeah, you just use the feminine pronoun. But in English, when we're now trying to come up with our English translations, there are a bunch of places where you're like, I could call wisdom it, fine, whatever. There are a bunch of places where you're like, wisdom she, obviously. There are a bunch of places where you're like, I am actually not so sure. <laughs> okay, Proverbs four actually, I think, is is quite a good example of that where. The beginning um, of chapter four, listen, my sons, to your father's instruction, pay attention, gain understanding. I'll give you sound uh, sound teaching, sound learning. Don't forsake my teaching. Um, and goes on a little bit, get wisdom, get understanding. Um, do, verse six, do not forsake wisdom. She will protect you, mm. is what the NIV has to say. Mm. Love her and she will watch over you. I mean, yeah, yeah. What would you say there? It's it seems to be like it seems to be that wisdom as an attribute is being spoken about here. Okay, yeah. In which case, we'd sort of want to say it. It, yeah. But it's doing very personal. It's doing things that a person would do. Yeah, yeah. Protecting. Yeah. Um, watching over. Um, you would being told to treat it like a person. To, yeah, you love to, her. Yeah, yeah. Embrace wisdom. Um. So it's it's interesting. There's there's an interesting dynamic that's going on there. Um and then in chapter three there's there's um a pretty significant portion that um from verse well, most people block it off from verse thirteen. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver, yields more well, yeah. returns than gold, more precious than rubies, nothing you desire can compare with her. Life is in her right hand. Uh, sorry, in yeah, in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. Um, so these are cases where wisdom 
or Lady Wisdom is being discussed, but she's not on the stage speaking as a yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then verse 19, by wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, she set up the, he- she set the heavens in, sorry, by understanding, he set the heavens in place. Um, which now, although wisdom is being spoken about, it's not, and it's not giving the chance to actually speak. By the time we get to chapter eight, a lot of the same ideas are there. So if you look at, um, eight verse, um, it's particularly in the second half of the, so I mean, verse 19, my fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. Um, there's that language of fine stones and, and precious things and that she's incomparable um, in relation to. But then verse 22, the Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. And there were no watery depths. I was given birth. And there's this, it goes into the creation at sort of, creation of the cosmos mm. with wisdom there alongside God playing a role in this um, with her being portrayed as as, as older than creation um, but involved in, in, in God's work of creation mm. a lot like in chapter 3 and some of the same language is used there like the talking about the depths um, the watery depths and all that sort of thing I just the systematic theologian to me just wants to know what on earth it means for God to create wisdom uh, you know, first, and then I'm um, okay. But I, I'm trying to read. I'm trying to read like philosophy into poetry. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the some of those questions are um, are warranted, um, and a little bit more reflection on what it is that wisdom is doing in Proverbs one to nine might might help with that. At the same time, I don't think we're going to get answer systematic answers to these sorts of questions from Proverbs because yeah. they're not trying to like we saw in previous episodes on other topics, they're not trying to lay forth a philosophical tractate of the identity of wisdom and, and the possibilities of its origins. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, it, speaks about in, it speaks about wisdom's origins in poetic ways. I think to um, offer a sense of legitimacy or um, pedigree or uh, authority. So it's like the highest priority because he did it first? So, yeah, well, something old, something stable, so yeah, yeah. that that has stood the test of time. There, there, there's great value in that. Whereas for us today, I think there's something about latest research, cutting edge, yes. latest discoveries, and if it's older than 20 years, then there's a very good chance it's out of date. Right, right. Whereas for um, the ancients, it's that it stood the test of time, so it must be of greater worth mm. if it's old wisdom chances are it's reliable wisdom because it's um because of its pedigree you know that sort of thing so the fact that she predates the cosmos i think is more than anything it's a claim to her authority right not a systematic well we need to work out the order of causation yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um part of it probably like i mean maybe this is a nice segue into um some of the theories about who this woman wisdom character is. What do you mean who she is? So there've been there've been a number of theories about what this what does wisdom as a person represent here? I think an example might help to make clear what it is that I'm that I'm getting at. Well the thing that the thing that comes to mind, and you can tell me if this is like completely off off the ranch or or whatever the saying is. Uh, is that she's like an alternative to... Oh, no, but now I'm getting into the wife thing. But she's an alternative to the foreign woman. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That that does seem to be the way that she's um, set up. And I think there there are a bunch of ways that um, the things that are said about the foreign women are also said about wisdom, or they they both seem to invite um, their they they both want to invite the person to 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 come to um, come in. They both offer. Well, they they both yeah. I mean, they both offer like a, a good time, right? Right. Yeah. In different ways. Like, I mean, wisdom will honor you, and and you will love her. Um, and then the yeah the foreign woman will have nice words to say about you. And yeah. Yeah. Um. At the end, there, there's the in chapter nine. There's this juxtaposition between woman wisdom and woman folly, and they both offer food and drink. Um. They they both are. Um, concerned about the one who has no sense, whether that's uh, to kind of bring them in and educate them or to take advantage of them. Right. Um, in chapter seven, the one who goes after the foreign woman is spoken about as one who has no sense. Uh, um, the the idea of offering um, water or something to drink um, is also picked up in chapter five, where it talks about flowing streams and cisterns and things like that. Um, so there, there are a bunch of ways in which these characters do overlap, and I think that's intentional. I think okay. we are meant to kind of see this as as two two roads that we could go down, or two women that we could pursue. Right. But bearing in mind that Proverbs one to nine was probably written primarily for male audience in mind. Yeah. Um, it's it's playing off of the allure of um, don't go after that woman though she seems nice. Go after this woman because um, the what she has to offer is actually of real worth. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that a hundred percent is going on. The other thing that that the other question that's behind this though is that is woman wisdom say riffing off of foreign gods? If the fact that woman, if the fact that wisdom is being portrayed as a person, is that supposed to either um, allude to some sort of um, divine consort or divine counsel within um, Israelite theology or or perhaps just as a polemic against foreign gods to say well you want to go worship Asherah well here's an alternative um, oh, I see. wisdom is far more enticing or far more um, worthwhile because what they used to do if I remember correctly is that the Israelites would they would have like you would find Asherah poles and like statues to Yahweh in the houses and they would like think about them as like a consort sometimes, right? I mean, yeah. in, in their days of idolatry and so on. Yeah. Which was always, I suppose. But, uh, and so- Mainly pre-exilic. There's a lots of lots of evidence for this in the pre-exilic period. Okay. There isn't as much evidence for it in the post-exilic period. Okay. Um, and if what I said in the previous episode is right, that this section of Proverbs was written in the post-exilic period, probably doesn't hold a hang of a lot of sway. Yes. I mean, the, on the surface of it, there do seem to be a few parallels between um, woman wisdom and Asherah. So the fact that she's spoken about as a tree of life in chapter three, mm-hmm. um, that has um, kind of been taken as, uh, by some people to be like, oh, well, there you go. Asherah's spoken of this way. Um, oh, Asherah's spoken of as the tree of life as well? Yeah. Uh, good. Um, so is woman wisdom. So there you go. There's this idea of holding in, in her right hand or... Um, uh, let me just take a look here. Uh, yeah, so so Asherah is actually depicted as a tree of life, um, which yeah, again, woman wisdom is too. And um, this is this is I think a little bit of a 
a little bit of a push, but but there have been several people who've tried to argue for this. In in chapter three, when the verse that we read earlier, um, blessed are those who find wisdom and uh, those who gain understanding. The word there in Hebrew at the beginning of that sentence for um, blessed is the one or happy is the one is ashrei. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, that's it's, pushing. It sounds, yeah. Oh, that sounds like Asherah. It looks like it could be spelled the same way. I think it's Bush. Yeah, people have argued for that. Um, okay, so you know, fine, whatever. Um, the similarities are quite superficial. There've also been some parallels that people have spotted with um, with Maat. So that it, Maat is Egyptian, um, Egyptian goddess, or um, I think maybe also um, kind of emblematic of of the Egyptian idea of world order. I'm not sure if okay. Maat was a goddess per se, but is often depicted sort of like a goddess as a okay. um, feminine figure in Egyptian iconography. So it could be like wisdom as an abstract concept depicted as a woman, cosmic justice as an abstract object depicted as a woman. Possibly. Okay. Yeah. yeah, world order, something like yeah. that. Um, and um, so the way that Maat is often depicted is, is holding the ank in her right hand representing life and a scepter in the other hand and in proverbs 316 you've got wisdom holding in her right and left hand she's got um long life and riches and honor okay so you know hey maybe there's a maybe there's a parallel there the parallels are, are fairly superficial though um there isn't really enough evidence to say that that wisdom really was riffing off of these characters, the, these other foreign goddesses. What motivates us to try and look for something like that and, and not just say it's a personification of an abstract concept? I think part of it is maybe just the parallelomania that goes on with, we've discovered all these things in the ancient Near East okay. and um, we must find ways of, of showing how parts of um, Israelite thought were responding to, mapping onto, riffing off of I think I think we see a lot of that in in, um, in Old Testament scholarship, particularly. Okay. Um, I think there's a degree to which that's helpful, and I think John Walton does this really well. And in his um, Old Testament, ancient Near Eastern thought in the Old Testament, um, and just in his work more generally, um, where we can we can see what's going on, we can explore the thought world of the ancient Near East and some of the cultural practices and what was going on there in their sacrificial systems and, and all these different things to shed light on what's going on in Israel. On the other hand, we don't need to, we don't need to assume that that means that Israel were doing nothing of their own and they were getting everything else from, from outside. And if they possibly thought of something original, then well, <laughs> um, so at the end of the day, I think what we've, what we do have here is that no, actually this, um, this character of woman wisdom in um, in Proverbs one to nine is personification of an abstract an abstract object. Okay. Um, or an abstract idea. And does she say anything different to the parents and yeah, the parent figures? Very good question. So the way that some people have have tended to take this is that you've got um, woman wisdom who um, was developed as an as a concept. Um, sort of on her own that you've got the this stream of thought that that says that women wisdom or, or that wisdom is like a woman and develop that 
it's sort of an isolation. Um, and then what Proverbs does is either co-ops that or um, that Proverbs was written and that um, at a later stage they were like, well, this seems to fit really well with that, so let's just bring them together. Um, in which case, wisdom would have very little to do with what the parents have to say because she was thought of independently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that really works, mainly because of what's going on in chapter three. Okay. So what we see in chapter three is actually a very, um, given the way that um, chapter three seems to preempt what's going to come in chapter eight, um, and the fact that there's so much in common between what's said about wisdom in chapter three and what wisdom has to say in chapter eight, mm-hmm. I think we're meant to see those things kind of sitting together. And the parents are speaking in chapter three, right? The parents are speaking in chapter three. Right. The other thing to pay attention to, and we'll sort of draw the threads together in a second, but that's the one observation that women wisdom in chapter three and chapter eight connect up. The other observation is that all the way through Proverbs one to nine, the way that every instruction begins is with um, an address to my son. Mm. Um, It sometimes looks slightly different. So in chapter four, it's sons, plural. Mm -hmm. Um, but across the board, there's, there's an address, my son, um, pay attention to my wisdom, you know, do this, do that. What the way the Proverbs three has typically been broken up is that right in the beginning of chapter three, you've got my son, don't forget my teaching. Okay, cool. That seems to kick off an instruction. And so it goes down, goes down in verse 11, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline is taken as a conclusion to that one. Yeah. So that in verse in verse 13, when it starts talking about women wisdom, yeah. well, that's a change in topic, so that must be a new section. Right, yeah. But we don't have any um we don't have any other exceptions to that where my son doesn't start off. Oh, because it says my son in verse eleven. Yeah. Oh, I see. Hmm. As a bit of a side point. The Masoretes, who were the ones who, um, I think we spoke about them in a previous episode, the Masoretes were the ones who um, pointed the Hebrew text so that they wouldn't forget how to pronounce these words. They were the ones who added the files when Hebrew was previously just consonants. They also added a bunch of kind of section marks and actually put a section mark um, before verse 11. Uh So they seem to... Presumably picking up on what you're getting at here where my son is like a section header almost yeah now that's not a knockdown argument they were interpreters of the bible like we are today yeah yeah. it is pretty noteworthy that they like well actually that seems like the beginning of a new section if that's what we've got here then we don't have this brand new section that stands on its own that woman wisdom is just given her own space and that whenever w- woman wisdom's in focus, the parents aren't. And whenever the parents are in focus, w- woman wisdom is not. Mm-hmm. Um, you have you actually got the this, parents telling you about woman wisdom. You've got this fairly tight interwovenness about yeah. parents and, and woman wisdom. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. Mm. That these concepts are brought right together. We saw in in um, in the previous episodes that the idea of Torah and wisdom actually interrelate in some really important ways that wisdom is effectively the um the attribute of having internalized torah in proverbs 1 to 9 right um so it would make sense that there's this whole discussion about the value of wisdom that combination of ideas as well like um a, a discipline and reproof on the one hand and then blessing on the other hand is also getting at the idea of fear right like mm. you like stay with god don't don't leave him and then risk the punishment or the discipline that might come as a result of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So putting them together, I mean, they initially they sound maybe in putting in opposite directions, but when you're reading a book that starts out telling you that the fear of the Lord is the first fruits of wisdom, yeah, like you would expect those two things to come together as one idea, you know. So there seems to be a very tight interwovenness about um, about wisdom and Torah and wisdom and the instruction of the Lord. Um, and we see that sort of, I mean, we mentioned earlier, like Proverbs 4, where there's that case where it's a little bit ambiguous. Do we talk about it or she when we're talking about wisdom? Um, and then when we get to um, uh, chapter 8, and we've got, or well, in fact here in chapter 3 as well, where there's this depiction of wisdom as being right there at the origins of creation. I think what that's doing is giving authority and um, and a bolstering of the word of God mm. to be able to speak to the people of God. Oh, right. With a strong sense of authority there. Yeah, it's exactly. Of cosmic proportions. That makes wisdom not only connected to the parents, but also to the Lord. Who you're, and you're, these are the two sources that we identified as like the yeah. people that you listen to, the, the source that you learn wisdom from is the, and okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, do you want to talk briefly about Lady Folly? We can. Um, the, you mentioned her earlier at the, she comes up at the end, you said. Yeah. So the, right at the end, this is the only time that Lady Folly is actually explicitly mentioned. Okay. Um, there in chapter nine, we've got woman, uh, woman wisdom, building in a house and setting up seven pillars and she's prepared meat and mixed her wine and she's inviting people in to, to come partake of that, particularly the simple, um, particularly the people who have no sense. <laughs> You've got um, in verse 13, Folly is an unruly woman um, or a noisy woman. Mm, let's go with unruly. Um, <laughs> but the, I'll come back to that in a second. Um She's simple. She knows nothing. She all around not nice to hang out with. Um, also calls out to the simple. Also yeah. is targeting the ones who have no sense. Also is um, uh, offering food and drink. Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. Um, so we're definitely supposed to be, like I sort of hinted at earlier, we're definitely supposed to be putting these characters in parallel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, her guests her guests are in the depths of Sheol. <laughs> yeah, right, which is the opposite of being a source of life and blessing and things. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that, that idea of Sheol actually maps onto the wicked men that we met in chapter yeah. one. They, yeah. They dragged their victims Dragon. down to Sheol. Yeah. Um, you've got the um, that idea of her being um, noisy or um, unruly uh, comes up in um, in chapter seven. Where she's spoken about um, as, where is it now? Seven verse eleven, eleven. Yeah, she is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. This is now talking about the foreign woman. Okay. Um, so they're described in similar sorts of terms. Um, in chapter one, you've actually got woman wisdom sort of associated with with um, the hustle and bustle, where she, um, she stands at the crossroads of bustling streets that same sort of word for for noisy is uh, she's, she's on her like soapbox trying to uh yeah get people to be like just stop being idiots yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah there, there's this common language that that's showing us that no we're supposed to link all these characters up and yeah. again what what chapter nine does in presenting 
wisdom on the one hand, folly on the other. It just puts it in these stark terms to say, choose one of these two women. Yeah. And best you choose the right one because that's going to seal your fate. Life if you follow wisdom. Death if you follow folly. That's interesting. I, I, yeah, okay. So really then we shouldn't try and make lady wisdom lady folly like we shouldn't try and map them onto like particular individuals we should understand them as engaged in the same conversational dynamic that we saw the the characters before god and the parents on the one hand the evil men and the and the foreign woman on the other hand that's like your more concrete thing and then you have the more abstract conceptualization of the exact same uh tension or pull in of these opposite directions yeah but framed in terms of lady was wisdom and lady funny yeah um okay yeah, 100%. i find it interesting uh, sorry this is just uh, lady folly isn't like um deceptive like she's also dumb <laughs> right yes she's a doctor and knows nothing so it's interesting <laughs> there like it's not i i always thought i always assumed that she was someone who wanted to t- take you to shale you know and she was trying to trick you mm. but really she's just one of the fools um and, and and she's just enticing almost because of that um right yeah the, uh, yeah that certainly seems that way okay so that's that's i mean for me that's actually quite an important thing to distance lady folly from like the satan or the adversary kind of image that you get yeah. where they are trying to like mess with you or play you know mess with the system or poke at things and and see when they break and stuff i think i mean i think it's worth underscoring the the um I guess the maybe the persecution here, um, the, the what the the agenda. Okay. Let's go with that. Let's just go with agenda. Um, that by depicting folly as look, she's an idiot. Yeah, it just makes crystal clear where Proverbs one and nine stands. <laughs> Actually, when you're in the thick of it and you're listening to the foreign woman speak, I mean, from from the point of view of the of the author, we've already been told that wisdom is going to keep you from her yeah but if you are the son just get into that conceptual world yes and you're listening to this foreign woman speak um the way that she the words that she uses the the way that she is persuading um there's a great quote from um i don't know if i'll be able to find it quickly but there's a great quote from a, a scholar called william mccain um who He's just got a great way of talking about the way that she speaks. Um, this idea that she's smooth with her words, that she speaks in accents which ooze seductive charm. And her voice, which is smoother than oil, draws her victim irresistibly towards mystery, excitement, and delight. Uh-huh. I just think that's such a good way of putting it. That actually, if you're the sun, actually, it sounds like it's a good time. Yeah, it's not It's not obviously bad. It's not like... Yeah, yeah, and, and she, the, this foreign woman, is doing pulling out all the stuff to to kind of show the man of the house is going to be out for a long time. You don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, he's taking lots of money. He's not going to be back until the new moon. Don't stress your face. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've done my sacrifices. I'm all good. I've got aloes and myrrh and cinnamon, and it's all there on my nicely laid bedspreads. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? And so, from the point of view of the sun, you're sort of like, well. Which way should I go? Yeah. And the same with the with the wicked men. They were like, well, look at all the money that we'll make. It's, you know, it'll be great. We'll share one purse. We'll, you know, there'll be equality. Yeah. Um, and 
again, from the point of view of the sound, like, well, what could go wrong? Well, I mean, we already have a sense of where the, of where the parents are coming from and what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. But right at the end here, Proverbs 1 to 9, just make sure to cap off with, <laughs> well, they're idiots. Yeah. <laughs> Don't listen. <laughs> um, everything could go wrong and you should follow the path that leads to life. Mm. The verse that's tattooed into my arm, for the one who finds me, who finds wisdom, finds life. Okay. And obtains favor from Yahweh. Right. Well, let's end it there. Um, so that is that concludes our uh, foray into Proverbs one to nine. So if you haven't read it at home, uh, I would now that you know all the characters and all the ideas that are like related to each other, I'd highly recommend that you just go and sit down and read it in one sitting. It's not very long, and uh, you'll get a much deeper sense, I guess, of some of the stuff that we've been talking about. Uh, you, or you'll get like a more intuitive sense of the stuff that we've been talking about, more like abstractly and and. Um, yeah. conceptually um, from the next episode we're going to um, delve into the body of uh, Proverbs and talk about you know what does it look like to how do you even think about a proverb and like when you're reading it you know what what do you do with that um, piece of information and um, how do we read it how do we live it out and those, those sorts of questions that will come up um, yeah and we're just going to keep doing that until we make our way through the book um, over the next few episodes um, yeah so join us for that uh, if you're watching on youtube make sure to click the subscribe button uh i don't know can you subscribe on podcast platforms yes you can yeah you can tell you can tell i'm a youtube person (laughs) (laughs) yes um yeah subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts give us a rating that would be very helpful um and yeah we'll see you in the next episode